This is God's servant Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Let's pray and look to the Lord, and then we'll consider what God has in store for us today. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for the ability to memorize Scripture. Lord, uh, how our how our mind functions, Lord. We can we can learn these things. We can remember these things. It's a grace. We thank you, Lord, that you are teaching us all these things, and none of us are going to give up on this grace. We want to we want to build on this. We want to learn more. Or even as we're going to spend some time in your presence, listening to your word, open up our understanding, open up our minds. Pray, Lord, that your word will come to us in power. Change the way we think. Transform us, Lord, we pray. Renew our mind. Cause us to be strong on the inside. Help us to see things differently. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. We've been considering the, the working of grace in our lives. Say grace. grace. Say grace. grace. With a happy face, say grace. Grace, grace should make you happy. Grace. If nothing else makes you happy, grace should make you happy. Amen. And it's a... It's the greatest gift, uh, you know, that, that mankind can ever think about. And uh, we were, we've been considering the working of grace in our lives. And we learned that the grace of God is the empowerment of God. Or the ability of God. Say ability of God. The grace of God is the ability of God. And I want you to understand there are, there are a lot of definitions for, for grace in, in God's word. There are different things that you can learn about grace. A, grace is not a very narrow subject in God's word. Grace is a very vast subject in, in, in the Word of God. Are you with me? And, you know, sometimes when we ask you, uh, you know, what do you mean by grace? And, you know, we all know the answer, unmerited favor. That's the first and obvious answer that we all give because we have by-hearted that phrase, unmerited favor. But you must understand, unmerited favor is only one of the many expressions of grace. Are you with me? Come with me this morning. Unmerited favor is one of the many expressions or benefits of grace. Yes, it is unmerited favor. Grace is unmerited favor. We are not denying that. But if you are stuck with that understanding, uh, 10 years or 15 years or 20 years after becoming a believer, uh, that's not the place to be. That's not the place to be. And I'm going to explain that in a while. So the empowerment of God or the ability of God, we've been learning that about grace, okay? One of, the, one of my favorite uh, understanding or perspectives about grace is grace is the ability of God, amen, which has been made available to us so that we can live up to his expectation. That is grace. You know, and without having this perspective about grace, we can fall into error concerning our understanding of grace, Without having this perspective about grace, we can fall into error concerning our understanding of grace. And it is the ability of God. It's not the ability of man. It's the empowerment that comes from God. Why? So that you can live in according to his expectation. Say his expectation. And we must know that God has God expectation concerning you and I. And this is something that I like to remind my church. God has an expectation concerning our lives. You know, on a very general way and even in a very specific and personal manner. God has an expectation concerning your life. He's got a very specific expectation concerning your life. He's got plans to prosper you and not to harm you. 
plans to plans to bring you to an end an expected end say expected end so that means he's got expectation amen, amen? so uh, so i i told you that grace is the empowerment that comes from god that we can live according to his expectation okay I, let me try to illustrate it i was trying to remember uh, you know something that that'll help you to understand this just imagine you are working for a boss okay and you have a job you have a good job you ha- you're working for this boss and one of the cri- one of the things that the boss insist one of his expectation expectations one of his expectations is that you know you come to you report for work every day say every day you report for work every day with a brand new cloth every day just imagine every day a brand new branded piece of apparel so that's the expectation of your boss okay and you have a a salary you have a, an expected earning okay and now not only does the boss expect you to come wearing a brand new branded apparel every day now he will also provide for you to buy that brand new some of you are always smiling paul is smiling brightest i don't know why just imagine your boss is giving you the money or the resource that you need to buy a pair of clothes a, 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 a set of clothes for you every day how cool is that and that is grace god has got expectation concerning you every day of your life he's got expectation concerning you but he gives you he makes the provision in your life over and above what you expect from him now in salary you expect certain amount at the end of the month that that is not sufficient for you to buy clothes every day okay and we, there are other things that you got to do with that so over and above what comes to you extra over and above beyond your expectation that is grace amen and that's the god that we serve now he wants to give you that extra tell your neighbor ex- extra and we're going to look at all those things these are all from god's word now these words that i mentioned to you that grace is extra i'll show you from god's word amen it it is over and above it goes beyond what you deserve and what you expect that is why one of the one of the popular de- definitions of grace is unmerited favor it's beyond what you expect it is wo- beyond what you deserve you don't deserve a pair of clothes or a set of clothes every day but your boss wants you to have it and gives you the provision for that unmerited favor so yeah that applies unmerited favor is correct and in our christian walk sometimes we are how should i put it sometimes we are quick to take up an opportunity or take up a responsibility or quick to turn down a responsibility based on what we think about ourselves we are quick to take up a responsibility or sometimes we are quick to reject or decline an opportunity to serve him based on what we think about ourselves and and in if you if that is how you are functioning in the kingdom you are not leaving room for grace to operate in your life this grace is, has nothing to do with your ability grace has got nothing to do with your experience grace has got nothing to do with your knowledge and your track record and how you been functioning all your life are you with me this morning in the kingdom there is no such thing now we got to do things for the master so that we can 
so that we can we got to do things for the masses so that we can please ourselves please him the one who enlisted us for ministry the one who called us the one who called us we got to please him man we got to please him and if you're going to go by what you know about yourself you cannot go beyond the tip of your nose that's as far as you can see what do you know about yourself i know this much from here to here that's what you know about yourself look at the bible if moses considered his impediment in speech and his weaknesses and if he if he stuck to that he would have never become the greatest leader who walked the face of this earth man of stuttering speech impediment with that great impediment he was called to lead a great a great people how big is that people how big just think about the number god called him to lead them and it's not by his ability not the smartness of his speech or his vocabulary or his uh, eloquence say grace. grace so you can, you can look at the old testament and think, learn a few things about grace as well now some of you think it's all about the the new testament no grace is also about also found in the new, in the old testament now we heard about gideon on on friday Gideon had a lot of complexes about himself. I am the youngest in the family, and my father's house is the the smallest clan, the smallest in the smallest clan. If if he held on to that idea, then then he could not have been used of God. But God thought something else about him. Amen. Amen. That's grace. You're a mighty man of valor. Amen. Amen. And now you you, you look at uh, David. David was unfit to become king. even his father did not count it when the prophet came around to pour the anointing oil upon the the new king of israel the father did not even call him he was not counted but god saw him because man looks on the outside but god looks in the in the heart so look at all the disciples who would have ever thought that a bunch of nobodies can turn the world upside down bunch of nobodies nobody cared about them some fishermen the only thing that people would think about them when they remember them is what's the what's the catch today what fish will i get today that's all and beyond that there's no value that they had most of them but god saw something in them he knew that my grace can be made at work in them and through them and they can turn the world upside down Amen. Hallelujah. So no when God looks at us say look, listen to this carefully. When God looks at us, he looks at us through the lens of grace. Amen. Amen. You know we might look at us and we we can see our, ourselves just the way we are, but when God looks at us, he looks us looks at us through the lens of grace. And we gets magnified beyond what we are when he looks at us through the lens of grace. Now when we look at ourselves we are too small but what to do god is looking at me with the with the lens of his grace i look bigger 
I look stronger. Amen. Magnified by his power. That's how God looks at us. And uh, we are big enough to handle his purposes. Are you happy about this? That's the reason some of you are here today. God looked at you through the lens of grace. And uh, and he saw you. Okay, this person is fit. Now you probably would have been the youngest and the smallest and the weakest and the, the, you know, the most despised in your family or in your community. But God looked at you through the lens of grace and saw something else about you which nobody could see. That's the working of grace. Amen. The working of grace. Grace, grace, grace. And you need to understand uh, these things about grace. Okay. Um, let's look at, I mean, we were looking at First um, Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 to 8. The last time I opened this topic. First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 to 8. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God. Say grace of God. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus that in everything you were, say the word together, in everything you were enriched in him, in all speech and knowledge, even as the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in you. So we were looking at this, the grace of God does what? Say it loud. The grace of God will enrich, say enrich. Hallelujah, it will enrich. You know, enrich is translated from the Greek word plotizo. Okay, it is translated from the Greek word plotizo. And it, may, it means to make wealthy. That's what it means. The grace of God will make you wealthy in all aspects. The grace of God can make you wealthy in all things. What do you mean by make wealthy in all things? It means you will not lack in anything. That's what the grace of God can do. In all speech, in all knowledge, and in everything about your life, every aspect of your life, when it comes under grace, you are enriched, you are made wealthy, you are made rich. Amen. Amen. Made rich, you are made wealthy. And you are enriched by grace. Keep that in mind. We will come back to that. Keep that in mind. Say enriched by grace. Say enriched by grace. Say I am enriched by grace. One more time. Say I am enriched by grace. Hallelujah. Okay, let's keep it aside for now and we'll come back to that. Let me take you to another scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. And this scripture is, you all know that it's given in the context of giving. Paul is teaching about the indescribable gift of giving. But right in the middle of that teaching, he places this statement about grace. And it's, he says, and God is able to make all grace, say all grace. God is able to make all grace abound to you. Amen. Is able to make all grace. Say all grace. Think about all grace. That's not how we say all grace. We're talking about the ability of God. Okay. Now think about that. We're talking about unmerited favor. We're talking about the power that can enrich your life. Are you with me? Now we say all grace. That's more like it. God is able to make all grace. grace. Are you going down one more time? Let's do it one more time. God is able to make all grace abound to you. Amen. That's what God is able to do. He's able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good work. Okay, let, let's, let me look at that first part. God is able to make all grace abound to you. 
able to make all grace abound to you. Who is able? So what does this verse tell me? It tells me that God is the author and the dispenser of grace. Is the author and the dispenser of faith. You know, we, we know, if you've learned supply chain management, there's something called, there's a manufacturer, there's a wholesaler, there's a distributor, and there's a, you know, the retailer, things like that. There are different links in the chain. When it comes to grace, he is the manufacturer and he is the retailer. He's the one who gives it out, distributes it out. God is able to make all grace. He's able to make all grace abound to you. In one statement, it's talking about making grace and giving grace. Did you hear that? Did you get it? God is able to make all grace abound to you. The author and the dispenser of faith. And he can make all grace abound. Say abound. You know, abound is translated from the Greek word perisio. Say perisio. Perisio. Say perisio one more time. What does perisio mean? Perisio means to superabound. That's what it means. To superabound. Amen. It means to, um, to have an excess. Have you ever thought about that? To have an excess. You know, we had potluck on Friday. Some of you are like, oh, what, what a spread we had. What a spread we had. And, you know, some of you could even, uh, you know, relish the taste on the next day. And maybe on the day after that also. Isn't it? What's that called? It's called excess. Say excess. We had excess food after potluck. And all tasty food. Now you close your eyes and take something, it's tasty. That's how much of goodness we enjoyed that day. And now think about that. That's how the grace of God comes to you. There is excess. It's not like God will give you two parotas and one, uh, one small plate of beef fry. Sorry, Benoy. I didn't think about you. I should have been more sympathetic towards you, empathetic towards you. He's not like that. And just have, this is your daily ration. Have two pieces of roti and a, a small bowl of that's not how he is. He's able to make all grace abound. He's able to make all grace be in excess. You know, we must have this idea about God. God is into excess. Some of you are like, it's very difficult for you to understand that. God is into excess. And he is, he's made enough oxygen for us, for all of us to breathe. You know, they talk about all kinds of pollution and this and that. God is totally at peace. He knows how much oxygen is there. There's a lot of excess oxygen. Don't worry about it. Amen. We talk about water scarcity. All the scarcity that you see on this earth is because of man's mismanagement and man's corruption. But when it comes to God, he lavishly gives. He lavishly provides. He lavishly makes. You know, he, he, and the few people who came to hear his sermon, he said, give them some food. And they came to him with some small ration. One small tiffin. Amen. That's right. Five loaves of bread and two fish. Hallelujah. He multiplied. That's grace. Grace is a multiplier. You must always understand that. Grace is a multiplier. 
it multiplies so the grace of god multiplied the grace of god which was in christ jesus multiplied the food so that the grace can be in excess that's why they could take home 12 baskets of leftovers like you all took home many baskets of leftovers hallelujah say excess god is able to make all grace come to you in excess Now some of you think you're barely making it in life you are wrong you're not barely making it in life that's your perception that is wrong that's demonic you're not barely making it in life you have an abundance of grace an excess of grace an excess of grace what do you mean by excess you use and there is still more that's what excess is you use and you there's still more you're not somehow it's like not like you know, you're to the last breath and you'll fall no that's not how it is it's always an excess there's always extra energy there's always extra grace amen hello you're not getting this are you getting this you know i'm celebrating this you know you're seeing the manifestation of that excess in me amen if i went by the the ration system that man had if that was the grace of that's how that's how the grace of god came to me i've not have sustained 10 minutes into the service and that's not how god is excess grace is able to make amen all grace abound to you to be in excess to you hallelujah now i want you to get this word in your head excess grace now these words enrich enriched some of you think it's like just barely making it no 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 grace is about enriching is about enriching Now you do something you do it in style you do something you do it in style you sing a song you do it in style amen because it's enriched oh you're not getting this it's enriched by the grace of god and excess grace of god hallelujah now you let's let's see Let's look at another scripture. So keep these two things in mind now. The first thing was God is able to make all grace abound to you. And okay, the first thing was the grace that he's grace is able to enrich you in everything and God is able to make all grace abound to you. Two things, all right? Let's look at another scripture now. 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 17 to 18. Be sharabasiante. 2nd chapter 2nd Peter chapter 3 verses 17 to 18. You therefore beloved knowing this beforehand be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall away from your own steadfastness but grow say grow but grow in the grace and knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity amen grow in the grace hallelujah and uh, and that that uh, grow that word is taken from the greek word oxano which means enlarge it means to be enlarged in grace to be in, to increase in grace so now look at all these words you know i told you that what is grace able to do grace is able to enrich you in all things everything about your life can get enriched by the grace of god why this is not a small thing for you and this is something that must make you jump from the top of this building 
It can enrich everything about your life. It can enrich your ministry. It can enrich your family life. It can enrich your relationships. It can enrich your speech, your knowledge. It can enrich your business. Enrich. Now, I'm not talking. God is saying he can enrich. And if a man was talking enrich, we can doubt it. But when God says it can enrich your life, he means it can enrich your life. And when God says he's able to make all grace abound to you, that it can be an excess in your life, he means it'll be an excess in your life. Hallelujah. So he, he can, it can enrich your life. And this grace which is able to enrich your life comes to you in excess. And then there comes an instruction to you. You must grow in that grace. Hallelujah. The first two things probably got you excited. Oh, enriched. My life gets enriched by grace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then I said, God is able to give you excess grace. Wow, excess grace. Glory to God. And then I said, God's word says, you must grow in the grace. There's no amen for that. Because suddenly you realize there's something I need to do now. And this is very important in our understanding of grace. Now we, we've, been, now we've been hearing about grace from the time we got, got saved. But do you know that this is, the, this is the, the flavor of our life? This is what gives flavor to our lives. The empowerment of God, the ability of God. And without knowing what it is, how, will we, how can we make it grow? Are you with me? Hallelujah. Now I'm, and I, I'm trying to teach you a few things about grace. And I also believe as I am ministering to you, you, know, you are, the Holy Spirit is imparting this revelation into your heart. And I believe your perceptions about, your perspective about grace is changing. I believe it's going to manifest in your life in a whole new dimension. Amen. Now you must believe for that. I believe that we for you. I believe as you hear about grace from this pulpit, God is going to impart that revelation into your life. It's going to change the way you live. It's going to change the way you approach or handle grace. Hello. I wish I was there and somebody else was preaching this morning. I would have jumped on my seat. I'm talking about grace. I said grace. Now what can be more exciting than grace? What can be more exciting than grace? You become a, become a father. I'm telling you, you need more grace. Hallelujah. I know experience from a three-time father. Grace, grace, and more grace. Amen. Grace. You need grace. Grace. Where's the, uh, you're going to get married. You need grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Grace. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't get stuck in that, that primary understanding of the word grace. You need to grow in grace. We just heard that. Okay, now, let me, before I explain that to you, let me uh, ask you a question. Okay, let me see if you can. This, I think I've, I've mentioned this before. I remember maybe in passing I've mentioned this before, but let me just, just try. Is grace visible or invisible? Is grace visible or invisible? Mm 
I'm like, okay. That got me thinking. Is grace visible or invisible? Never thought about it. Now you look at, uh, okay, we have dancers in the, in the house. Okay, we have uh, Midhu and uh, Debbie and uh, David and there are others also who dance. And we look at some of them dance and we say, very graceful. What does that mean? Full of? Full of grace. That's what it means. Now you tell me, is grace visible or invisible? It's visible, right? Yeah. But what to do? We all carry, a lot of Christians carry a wrong notion that grace is an invisible virtue hidden within the depths of our hearts. I want you to think. Think with me. Now some of you think some of you may tend to think that grace is an invisible virtue hidden within the, within the depths of a, of, of a Christian's heart. But I want you to understand, grace cannot just hide in a person. A person who is truly graced of God cannot hide grace. Grace will show up. Grace will keep manifesting. Grace will keep expressing. Amen. Grace will always do this. That's what grace will do. Because grace cannot be subjected. Grace cannot be contained. Grace always flows. Grace always moves. Grace is active. It's expressive. And that's why we have the term graceful movements, graceful singing, graceful dancing. Because grace is expressive. And it's a wrong understanding for us to think that grace is something invisible, something hidden, some invisible virtue within the heart of a person. No, grace is expressive. It shows. You know, this is something that we all, I'm sure that you all have experienced this in one form or the other. You know, an unbeliever asked Benoit, what is Pastor Ben doing? So Benoit said, um, you know, he's a Bible teacher. So, and that's, that, that's when that unbeliever said, okay, no wonder he's got so much of grace. No, that's, I mean, that's how it is. You know, that's, that's the reality of it. You, you will have unbelievers walk up to you and ask you, like, what's different about you? Have you had that experience in your life? What's so different about you? What's the charm about you? What's the excitement about you? That's why the Bible also instructs us, you must always have a reason. You must always have a reason to give. When others ask you, Why? Why are you so happy? Why are you so excited? You know why? There's a grace in me which I cannot hide. That's why. Grace cannot be hidden. Grace cannot be hidden. And in other words, if you have grace, sooner or later, it will become evident. Amen. Sooner or later, it will become evident. Grace is the ability of God. Grace superabounds to you. Grace enriches the person in everything. And then it says, you can grow in grace. Look at that. Earlier, when, when we said grace is unmerited favor, suddenly you don't really see it as something which can be seen. Unmerited favor, we don't really understand it as something which can be seen. But when you apply this, these, these definitions, it's the ability of God. Can it be seen? seen. It superabounds. Can it be seen? It comes in excess. Can it be seen? You got to grow in grace. Can it be seen? 
That's right. Suddenly, when you when you are understanding about grace changes, you will realize, okay, grace is something that can be seen. And you, your grace got to be seen by others. The grace in you must be seen by others. And when Timothy was prayed, uh, when Paul prayed for Timothy, he said, let your progress be made known to all. Let your progress be evident to all. What is that about? It's about the growth of grace. Hello, are you with me? Now people must be able to see grace. Growing grace, not stagnant grace, not depleting grace, but growing grace. Say growing grace. That's how grace comes. Comes in excess. Comes in excess. It enriches your life. So that suddenly things about your life becomes, it becomes enriched. Areas of your life will, yeah, that's right. Areas of your life will start manifesting the enrichment of God because of grace. David, I want you to take a piece of paper and write, write the names of all the people who work with you, a few of them in your team, in your company, in, in, the, place that you, in, the, in the place of your work, including your name. I'm not going to read out the names because this is going live stream. But he's working with a, with a, in, a, in a department which has got four people. Okay? Are you with me? Four people. And uh, I think they're not in the Lord. They're not. He's the only guy who is in the Lord. Amen? So I'll tell you what grace will do. your life all of a sudden he gets highlighted that's what grace can do the enriching of God comes to you by the grace of God and you must know that about your life now you are highlighted wherever you go there's a highlight upon there's a limelight on you which highlights you from amongst your peers from amongst the world amen that's what the grace of God can do. And it's always in excess. Not in, not like this. Not rickling, but flowing. Coming to you in excess. God is able to make all grace abound to you. That always having all sufficiency in all things, you will have an abundance for every good work. So every day, this is how the, the office looks from heaven. His department looks like this. In, in, from the, in the perspective of heaven, this is how it looks. And that will manifest on this earth. Suddenly, this one character is always highlighted. It's like there's a spotlight. And every, everywhere he moves, spotlight. He's going to the bathroom, spotlight follows him. Amen. He goes for lunch, spotlight follows him. He sits down, spotlight on him. That's how grace functions. And you must, you must understand this about grace. And then, and in your understanding of grace... You need to grow in grace. Meaning, this highlighting should grow. It, be, it should become all the more evident as the days go by. Amen. So next year, okay, now maybe when he started off in his company, there's a highlighting. Obviously, there's grace upon this child. Amen. But as the days go by, that highlighting, that distinction, amen, it becomes more and more evident. 
And what it must do is, it must cause others to be drawn to him so that they can also get highlighted by the grace that is in him. Amen. You get, you get asked questions. Why are you like this? You can, you can ask him how, how he's doing in his company. You know, he's got some amazing testimonies to share. They ask him, why? What are you doing? When he's reading the Bible, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Grace. Say grace. Grace cannot be hidden. Grace cannot be kept a secret. You know, this fame of Jesus, what was that? The grace of God. Do you know that the fame of Jesus was the grace of God? The fame of Jesus spread to all the neighboring districts, the Bible says. He grew in grace, the Bible says. Amen. He grew in stature. He grew in grace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So can you see grace? You can, you can make it more emphatic. Can you see grace? Yes, you can. And it is important for you to understand that grace is visible. Only then you will begin to notice the workings of grace. Otherwise, you'll be ignorant about it. Yeah, why it happened? It happened by happenstance. It just happened by chance, by chance. Yeah, you know, I was lucky. I'm, sometimes I wonder, how can Christians say lucky? You're lucky? What? You don't understand grace? You're saying you're lucky about it? No, I was fortunate. No, you're graced of God. Only then you will progress from the general definition of grace into greater and richer revelation of grace. You need, to, you need to know that grace is visible. It is visible. That understanding will help you to progress from a very general definition of grace into a revelation of grace, which is deep in God's word. Amen. And only then you can avail the abounding grace from God, always and in all things. You have to avail it all the time. Always. Avail of the grace of God. Today morning, I met with the circumstance. Avail of the grace of God. There's an excess. I, I cannot deplete the grace of God. You must know that. You cannot deplete. Oh, yesterday also he helped me. Today, he, I mean, I think the, he's running out of grace. No. His mercy is anew every morning. And his grace cannot be depleted. From day to day, his grace is fresh and bigger and greater. Amen. In excess. Huh? And multiplied. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. What kind of prayer is that? Because the man of God knew it can be multiplied. But do you know it can be multiplied? Do you know it can be multiplied? That grace can be multiplied in your life. No, only, only if you understand grace is visible, you, can, you will see the grace enriching your life in all aspects. You must know that. What is enriching my life? It's the grace of God enriching my life. Suddenly, I mean, you have things which nobody has. You have testimonies which nobody can talk about. You know why? Because the grace of God is enriching your life day by day. You have to believe grace is visible. Amen. Grace is visible. And only when you believe that grace is visible, will you be able to believe and experience the multiplication of grace in your life. And only then will you grow and enlarge in grace. Amen. And you got to see grace in others also. Now I encourage you, Christians, you must be able to appreciate and see and acknowledge the grace of God in other people's lives. Now sometimes it's so lacking. 
in the churches. We're quick to say he's like that, he's like this, he's super skilled, he's not skilled, who is this and that. Hello, think about the grace of God and see the grace of God at work in that person. Your approach to that person will change. The way you minister to that person will change. What to do? We can only see till here. We can only see till here. Change your vision. Change your perspective. See grace in other people's lives. Now, I'm, I was, I've been amazed by observing people and the grace of God at work in them. I've been amazed. I've been amazed at what grace can do. God wants you to be like that. Observe people and see them move in grace. And today what we see them is, uh, see in other people is, uh, you know, skill or fairness of skin or, you know, the, the, the long tail of educational qualifications. These are things that we appreciate in other people. Or the bank balance. You must be able to see grace in other people. It'll change the way you function as a Christian. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And you've got to learn to appreciate the manifestation of grace in other people's lives. Acknowledge it. Honor grace. It's very important. Now, first of all, you need to bring back the culture of honor in the church. Hello? Are you with me? The culture of honor. Now, we have become so modern. We've become so modern. The church also is, has become very modern. There's no need for honor. Ridiculous. We got to give honor where honor is due. We got to give honor where honor is due. And from there we get all these ideas with twisted, distorted ideas. That's from the pits of hell. Give honor. Give honor. In the kingdom, give honor. Give honor to your leaders. Give honor to your parents. Give honor. Esteem them high. Respect them. Obey them. Now stand up when an elderly person comes by. Now greet them properly. Don't talk back at people. Don't talk back at people who are in authority. Don't, them, don't just give them a piece of your mind. Ridiculous. How can we be like that? This is a church of God. A place of order. Divine order. If the church cannot show divine order, who else will show divine order? If the, the church cannot teach about honor, who else can teach about honor? You know, people should come to church and they should learn about honor. Today you go to a believer's home and you see dishonor. Children dishonoring parents. Husband dishonoring wife. Wife dishonoring husband. All happening in a believer's home. And then it spills over. It spills over. And you cannot, if you cannot Maintain honor in your home, in your family. You cannot maintain honor anywhere else. Amen. And then it, it spills in the church. You've lost, you, don't, you, have not, you have not groomed the culture of honor. But here, you know, today, as you listen to grace, the, the understanding of grace, it must cause you to honor grace. 
always honor grace. Always honor grace. Because it came with an expense. The blood of Christ was the expense of grace in somebody's life. Honor the grace of God. Hallelujah. And I hope that after the service, you, you walk up to these musicians and honor them. You know, appreciate them. And give them a hug and say, I was blessed by your playing today. I was blessed by your, your singing today. Honor. That's grace. You know, sometimes I hate, I hate. Okay, this is nothing against Paul because something that you mentioned is something I don't really like to, to be heard in church. Did you enjoy worship today? You're not here to enjoy worship. You're here to enjoy God. Worship is enjoying God. Of course, he didn't mean all that. He just wanted to ask you something and, you know, that seemed to be like the, the right thing to ask. But that's a problem. We come to church to enjoy worship. What do you mean by enjoy worship? There's no, there's no such thing as enjoying worship. You either enjoy God or you don't enjoy God. If you enjoy God, you're worshiping God. If you're standing like this in front of God, you're not enjoying God. If this is your, your posture in worship, you're not enjoying God. And that is not a manifestation of grace. Are you getting this? Now, grace will manifest in your worship, in your prayer, in your fellowship. In everything that you do, grace will manifest. Grace has to show up. It has to keep popping out. It has to keep coming out and showing, yes, here I am. I'm grace. That's what grace will do. Amen. Hallelujah. How can you receive grace? First, you need to grow in grace, you need to know how you can receive grace. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5. You younger men, likewise be subject to your elders and all of you. Clothe yourselves with humility. Say humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You want to receive grace? Be humble. That's all. Simple. You want to receive grace? Be humble. First I said grow in grace. Okay. To grow in grace, you need to receive grace. To receive grace, be humble. And when you are humble, God gives you grace. And then you grow in grace. And as you grow in grace, grace will enrich your life. And you'll realize that the excess of grace is coming into your life all the time. You cannot deplete the grace of God. Now, some people are, are struggling in life because of, because of pride. They're struggling. There's no reason for a Christian to struggle in life. As a Christian, you cannot struggle in life. It's an absolute um, anomaly for a Christian to struggle in life. It cannot be. A Christian cannot struggle in life. A Christian cannot struggle in life. There are struggles which come our way, but we cannot struggle in life. Because the grace of God will help us to overcome every struggle. Amen? Hallelujah. But people go from struggle to struggle. Struggle to greater struggle. Always struggling. Every day the story is about struggling. Struggling, struggling, struggling. All their life. Struggling with finances. Struggling with family relationships. Struggling with marriage. Struggling in business. Struggling in everything that they do. In ministry. They're struggling all the time. Why? Look at the scripture. God is opposed to the proud. 
I'm telling you, if God is opposed to you, then you can't do anything about it. That's game over. Okay? But if you want to restart the game, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and He will exalt you in due time. Amen? Just humble yourself. That is restarting the game. But if you're trying to oppose God and trying to say, okay, I'm going to keep playing, sorry, game over. God is opposed. If God is opposed, no chance. No chance. Hallelujah. Some, some, some people by their smartness and their willpower and their determination, they try to overcome the opposition of God. It's called pride and God is opposed. God is opposed. Hallelujah. Humble, humble, humble. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Hand of God. Show humility. In the kingdom, there's a remarkable character to have. Show humility. The, the character of Christ the one who trembles at his word, humbly trembling at his word, broken within, always humble to hear, humble enough to receive. And if Jesus were to come here and preach, I would be like, okay. Some of you, I hope you understand that Jesus is preaching. He might not look like Jesus, but his voice is coming to you this morning. Amen. But if you are proud, you cannot receive it. God gives grace to the humble. is opposed to the proud. To the extent to which people sometimes go. To prove a point. The reason why many people fail to experience the uninterrupted flow of grace in their lives is because they are proud and God is opposed to them. There is an uninterrupted flow of grace that God has designed but it is not open. It is not released. Why? Because God is opposed. When a person is proud, God is opposed. A bloated ego can prevent a person from receiving the grace of God. Which God is able to superabound in order to enrich your lives. Your bloated ego can stand in the way. Your headiness can stand in the way. You think high about yourself can stand in the way. From God opening up the resource of grace. A superabundance of grace. Which can enrich your life in every area. Humble. Now always check your, your life. Am I too proud about some things? Am I too arrogant? Am I too like you know so boastful about certain things? And ask the Lord to break it. Let the Lord break it. Let the Lord break it. It's not worth having it. You know, act your age. Act your. And I always tell people. Um, never overstep your authority. Never. Never overstep your authority. Now one, one key lesson, you know, in, in when you mentor people, you must all, especially in the kingdom, you must always tell them, always stay within the boundary of the authority given to you. Never overstep your authority. That's a dangerous, that's dangerous ground. There's grace within the boundary of your authority. But the moment you step out of that, you're opposing God. Hallelujah. Amen. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 21. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 21. Hallelujah. What does it say? I do not say nullify. I do not nullify the grace of God. Hallelujah. 
Man, this is a dangerous topic to handle. You know, we are hearing about the enriching it can give. We are hearing about the excess, excess in which it comes to you. You are hearing about the ability of God that is. You are hearing about that you need to grow in that. And now, the word of God also says, you can nullify it. Hallelujah. And give no esteem. That's what the word nullify means. The Greek word means give no esteem. Disesteem. It means despise. It means frustrate. It means bring to naught. Bring to nothing. So if you don't respond right to the grace of God, you can bring it to nothing. It will not avail you at all. Avail anything to you at all. You want the grace of God to avail something in your life? You need to respond right to grace. Otherwise, you might be nullifying the effect of grace. Are you with me? What are you supposed to do with grace? Grow in grace. But the possibility is there for you to nullify it. Say grace. Tell your neighbor, do not nullify grace. Do not disesteem grace. Bring, do not bring it to naught. Bring it to nothing. Do not bring it to nothing. Let grace have its effect in your life. Let the workings of grace be evident in you. Amen. Let the workings of grace be evident in you. Hallelujah. Evident in you. May it be evident. Evident. May it show up every now and then. May people see grace. That's grace. Oh, that's grace. Oh, that's grace. Every day people should be able to see grace at work in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope and I, I pray, I believe it's going to change the way you understand grace. It's going to change the way you manage grace. It's, it's going to change the way you respond to grace. Amen. Say, I got to change. Can't be more convincing than that. Say, I got to change. I got to change the way I look at grace. Amen. I got to change the way I handle grace. I got to change the way I receive grace. Amen. I got to change the way I do things with grace. Hallelujah. Let's give thanks. Father, thank you for teaching us. Thank you for teaching us this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the clarity in your word. Oh, what you've done in our midst this morning is truly amazing. Lord, you've, you're taking us deeper. You're taking us deeper into understanding this Christian life, the way we ought to live this life. And Lord, the possibility of Christian life, the potential of this, this faith walk we have. Pray, Lord, that the grace of God will be multiplied in us. It'll grow in us, Lord. Lord, it'll be always at, on display for the world to see. The, the awareness of grace, Lord, may it take us higher. The awareness of the grace of God may take us higher to, to understand what it can do. It can enrich us. It can make us graceful. It can make us beautiful. It can make things in our life look tidy and in order. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for what you taught us today. Thank you for what you've taught us today, Lord. Come at, come at your people in your hands, everyone who heard, even those who heard us uh, online. Pray, Lord, that this word will remain, it will bless, it will grow, it will multiply. And uh, the harvest of this, this seed that has been sown, Lord, will be, will be great. In the days ahead, Lord, we will see. Thank you, Father. Let your people run with this word. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you. Teach us more, more and more. We ask of you to teach us more and more. Thank you, Father. Come at every single person with your hands, Father. Run us a great week of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Walking with you. Walking in love. Walking in wonders. Walking in miracles. Walking in um, testimonies, Lord. Telling others about Christ. Leading them to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Help us, we pray. Come at all of us once again in your hands, Father. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hello, this is Nishad Dilip Koshi. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.